their bros, their dads. One is Big Ball Sack Harry J. Riley. The other is Cautionary Tale Philip Kopsinski. Welcome to Bro Dads. Man, there were a couple of days I woke up and I was I didn't have anything to drink or anything, and I was like. I felt hungover. I was just damn. like, God damn, dude. I'm just like fucking, I'm just wrecked. Yeah. I'm just the dry, you know, you do the show and then immediately like get in the car. We're going yeah. three hours. Okay. Time for bed. Okay. Now we're hanging out at a stranger's house all day. <laughs> I mean, I know them, but you know, it's still, you're like. See, that, those are the points where I'm like, oh, I can probably never do comedy again and be all right. <laughs> just those, just yeah. those instances where you're at someone's house or you uh the, the person that you're riding with is like oh well here's some people that you know i i met doing a show yeah. someplace else and and these people are just insane people <laughs> yeah dude the producer's wife this weekend was like had a white claw in her lap as we're driving down these like rural Oregon roads and, around. and I know her she's cool but there was a part of me that was like let me fucking just drive dude let me just <laughs> I'll eat the gas man like what are we doing dude and uh, well and then it was funny we all packed to the hotel and we were getting a, a, a Uber to go to the casino after the show okay and I was like I'm not drinking like let me, why don't I just drive you know yeah. and then we ran into one of the waitresses oh. at, from the gig and okay. then she's like we need to go. You guys need to really see our small town strip club, and oh. and they took you know, and they they taking mushrooms and drinking and shit. Oh my goodness. And so, <laughs> well, dude, mushrooms in Oregon are so casual. Yeah. People are like, oh yeah, I'm an office manager. Anyway, I don't really like to smoke pot, but I'm gonna do a cap and a stem. I'm like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> I, this is not the. I mean, I'm just used to. I'm used to mushrooms being like an extra level of hippie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a little stinkier. Yeah. You know, maybe a few more gems. <laughs> like a pet wild bird. <laughs> Not a parrot or a parakeet. Yeah. Like, oh, this is my crow. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I trained it. I trained it to arrange m my squirrel hides. <laughs> That's what I think. I think if, if you, like the guy, he, I mean, dude, I haven't done mushrooms forever, but like the guys who you would buy mushrooms from were like, you know, it was like the Hobbit. You know, yeah. you're like you're like going to the Shire <laughs> to buy <laughs> mushrooms from for some guy with crazy eyes and a beard. And but don't you have to grow them in poop? Well, yeah, but I don't. I don't know. Now I think there's people. I think they figured out what you take a sawdust bag and they shoot oh, okay. the spores in there. I, I okay. don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the science behind it. <laughs> but yeah, dude. I like yeah. When I was young and it was hanging out with real psychopaths, <laughs> like real young, like sixteen. And uh, I remember one time being out in the woods riding four wheelers, and my friend was like, "Oh, dude, look at all these horses." Or he's like, "Look at all these. I mean, cattle." Because we were just out. We were out in the middle of nowhere and ran into someone's like cow farm yeah and he starts just going crazy in the cow shit he's like dude sometimes you can find mushrooms oh my goodness and, and he finds them and then he's like oh dude yeah this is gonna be great and he puts them in his pocket and he goes back and he washes them in my sink and he just pops the mushroom he just goes for it and he didn't know shit 
It wasn't like he was like looking at a book and he's like, oh, this is the lion's den yeah. type. Of, he's like, I'm pretty sure these shit mushrooms will make me die. <laughs> and he popped him in and I drove him home and there was a point where he's like, yeah, dude, I am tripping. <laughs> wow. Man, he is lucky because, I mean, that could... Oh, he is no longer lucky. I think, uh, oh. yeah, yeah. I think, I think he got real fucked up on drugs and is just now somewhere like, I do what the state tells me to. <laughs> you know, like one of these guys just in a halfway house. Yeah, just, that's yeah. That's what happens when you yeah. are just digging around eating shit. That's if that's your origin story. That's yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, that poor man. I'm like, he's it's fine, dude. He used to sell like roofies. I think he Good probably deserved gracious. that. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's I, that's the culture of mushrooms where it was like weirdo hippies or just people trying to like trip and find god or whatever Uh, and now it's like this casual thing in oregon where people will even have little capsules filled with crushed up mushrooms okay so they can microdose i feel like that's i feel like that would be my preferred way of doing it yeah i don't want to touch that stuff unless i had like a lot of time yeah. To figure out my life. <laughs> yeah. I know I would just, I'd get in there, you know, and just be like categorizing every <laughs> bit of my life. Like, this is the part of me that does happy time. And then this is the part of me that is functional. How can I enhance all these aspects? I need to define everything. And it's, uh, yeah, it would be, I, I, it's, they were trying to get me to do it months ago. And I was like, guys. If I take these mushrooms, I'm going to stare at this ocean, and we're not having a show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, I don't know. I, I would stay away from them personally. I'm yeah. talking about me because my mind is already uh, out there, so I don't know what adding to it would do to it. I'm already like, why is this in your head right now? I, I do not want something in there to – to like tip the scales oh, in yeah. any way, especially if it tips it in the the wrong way, and then now I just think I'm a grapefruit or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Well, up that's up. where I'm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, John Mayer wrote that song about me, and I don't want to ruin it. You know what I mean? When he said my body was a wonderland. <laughs> that was about me. John Mayer wrote that song about me. I know. <laughs> I know a lot of people in the early 2000s, a lot of women thought it was about them. Yes. A lot of 19 to 26-year-olds thought it was about them. Yes. No, I ran into him at a Wawa and uh, in, on Jersey. We were we both reached uh, for this same uh, bif- uh, bre- bre- breakfast muffin. <laughs> <laughs> and we locked eyes, and I said, it's yours, man. <laughs> you know, and so he wrote that song about me. Has he done anything lately? No, I haven't seen him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I to gotta get over there and go to some Wawa's and try to run into Johnny Boy and give him some more inspiration. Because he was everywhere, and then he's nowhere. Yeah, I should DM him. <laughs> <laughs> that's always that's always funny, because you see that with comedians, too, like Larry the Cable Guy. He was everywhere. Yeah. And then... Whew. Yeah. Yeah, I think he just got burned out. Because a guy like that could have kept going. It's not yeah. like his ticket sales dried up. 
Yeah. You know, I just think, you know, I think, I think a lot of people that have huge sales like that, they do kind of need to dial back a little bit and start working like rooms to work their shit out or, or have a project, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. That, that kind of hits on the topic that I wanted to talk about, but we got to talk about, uh, um, the weekend first. Well, I do have an important thing that I realized, um, because uh, I went through Portland, mm-hmm. and I got I got a Christmas gift for my son, and Ooh. I got uh, yeah they, it's the only place in the country that has like juggling stores. So I got some torches uh, for him to juggle. They're pretty sick. I kind of am hoping he doesn't want them so I can have them. I'm like the guy who bought a bowling ball for his wife. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty cool. I should have got some for myself, but anyway, I didn't because a part of me was like maybe I can come back to this weird store. Yeah, it was like. It was so funny. Portland is such an interesting place. You know, like, I get there. It's totally disorganized. Like, I'm like, do you have torches? He's like, oh, in these tubbies over here. He's like, we're getting organized. I'm like, you fucking have a lease. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think? Like, you're paying for this. And it was was like upstairs in an office building. It wasn't like I was walking down the street and there was a sign. I was like, just at an office. And I'm like. Looking around, and you know, all, all the office doors are locked there because it's like, yeah, it's like fucking Gotham City. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like a nice office, but like a lady in like professional wear was like, like looking me through the eye, the through the through the door window, and she's like, he looks safe. Like, she's looking at me like, he doesn't seem to have any machetes or <laughs> he's got shoes, you know, but that's tricky because some of those California, California homeless. You know what I mean? Like, they still got nice teeth. Yeah. So you're like, what do you mean you want a dollar? You have shiny, pearly whites. Yeah. <laughs> you're fresh out here, dude. Hit me up when one of them have rotted out. <laughs> Just because you got a few homemade tattoos doesn't mean you get my money. So she's like, <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> she's eyeballing me and she's like, can I help you? You know, like still like at the point where she could be like, close the door. Because if I'm like, you know, like <laughs> oh, shit, he turned. <laughs> Don't look him in the eyes. <laughs> you know, I had a polo shirt and like, a, you know, Costco shorts, you know, yeah. rocking that Kirkland Fresh. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, yo, uh, is Crispy Clown Juggling Emporium here? You know, it's like a weirdo hippie name. And uh, she's like, no, I think like and it's like it's not a huge it's like a two story like yeah. you would think you would know if there was a yeah. goddamn clown shop yeah. in your eight <laughs> eight unit uh, office place. <laughs> She's like, no, I don't. And I'd called earlier. She's like, I don't, I don't think so. And so I'm like, I'll text this guy, and I'm texting him, and then I just hear like, Hey man, is that you? Like, I'm like oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I'll come let you in. And then the lady hears him and she lets me in. And I go up there and it's like three. How much three- business is he getting? <laughs> I don't know. $120 on Wednesday. <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was so ridiculous, man. Like him and his buddies were just talking and about they're like, yeah, man, we'll go to the gym session tonight. Blah, blah, blah. And then I show up and they're like, they're like, oh, hey, this guy wants to look at stuff. And they're like, hi. I'm Joaquim, and I'm, and these are all white guys. And, and like, I, <laughs> like shakes my hand, like, hi, I'm Jensen. You know, like, yeah. hi, I'm Oakwood or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, this, and they're like, yeah, man, cool, great to meet you, Philip. 
And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? These guys don't even work here. Like, they're just part of the juggling community. And that's what they would always say. They're like, yeah, like, we have a great community here. And I'm like, that's weird, dude. But I was kind of like, that would be kind of, they're like, yeah, every Tuesday we get together. You know, some, like, it's like, you know, who you know, Portland's so weird. It could be like, yeah, yeah it's an old abandoned school. <laughs> And so it's got high ceilings. And all, yeah. yeah. But we don't allow kids. <laughs> you know, it's very weird. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I was like, man, this would be cool to live here and be a part of this. But, so, but I realized something. It's like Oregon and Portland, too. Like, <laughs> I don't, it made me realize that I have no idea what feminism is. <laughs> I was talking to a comic and she was like, yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's, you know, Portland has the most strip clubs per capita of any city in the United States Shit. by a, by a b- big margin, okay. like a huge margin. And mm. yeah, there's tons of strip clubs in Portland. And she was like, yeah, people know that. And so a ton of the touring comics that come through like Helium want to go to the strip clubs mm. afterward, like after the, or sometimes they'll be like, oh, we'll just go for lunch. Cause they'll, a lot of them open at like noon and have like, they're like, oh yeah, this place has like an amazing Reuben. They're like, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. There's a vegan one. There's what all, the f- <laughs> there's all, the, you know, if you've never heard about the vegan strip club in Portland, no, they're, they're, this is, this is real. The, <laughs> The slogan is "We keep our meat on the poles," which oh is pretty awesome. And that uh, is amazing. Also, it's full nude, so you say that, and you're like, "Oh, that's cool. Maybe I get a little bush." No, dude, you're like a fucking doctor on. You know, you're you're getting the view. You're looking inside a vagina. You're yeah. You're like, is it about wow. to? Is is something about to crown? <laughs> like. <laughs> It's 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 crazy, dude. You're a yeah. So that's crazy to me, man. You're a gyno at that point. (laughs) These aren't even strippers. These are just women without medical insurance, hoping that (laughs) some guy eventually was like, "Ma'am, that's a polyp," you know. (laughs) (laughs) But this so made me realize this. Like, I was like, I don't even know what feminism is because, like, you think Portland would be like one of the most pro feminist cities in the country yeah that's like the right that's yeah yeah, that's like a pretty i think most people would agree with that Mm -hmm. for better for worse whatever your opinion is but i'm like looking back at my mom she was in sale she was like she was like the only woman in a sales team and she had there were times where they were like we're going to the strip club for our sales meeting and she's like oh i gotta be one of the guys and so now she's there looking at some Woman with a bad father, having, <laughs> you know, having dinner, and now it's like if he was an all male sales step, like that would be that would be people would just wouldn't do that, you know. Yeah, they'd they, be like, yeah. oh, I don't want to make this guy feel uncomfortable, you know, yeah. or I don't want to leave this guy. But back then, I think it was just kind of a way to be like, you know, like, yeah, we're gonna make the chick look at tits, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Portland, it's so casual. It's like, have you reverted somehow to this like nineteen eighties? <laughs> corporate guy culture to where now you're if you're, you're like women are just like no 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 you got to go and we're going to look at tits and then we're going to look at your tits and then we're going but yours are going to be enclosed and now you know and it's like it's just it was a it's a weird thing and it's just like accepted you know and I brought that up and it's a it was a woman comic and I was like this this is like full circle back to the 1980s when women like corporate women were like forced to go to 
uh, strip clubs, and now it's just like yeah. now it's like oh this fem fem this bastion of feminism, and it's like now it's like oh you know now you go to strip clubs because yeah. you're free and liberated, but yeah. it's like who did they who did it ultimately serve? Some pervy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, I don't yeah. know. So I'm like, what are we? Is it is it liberation where it's your idea to go to the strip club? What are we doing here? Or maybe, I mean, maybe you know, feminism is just letting the women decide their fates. So if that's what they want to do, then because yeah, we're a feminist. You know, you're letting the woman the woman decide then it's okay well good to, luck finding a woman that's going to date you if all you ever do is go mm, what do you want to do yeah <laughs> you know what i, I mean? mean shit man you gotta <laughs> yeah i you, don't know how many you times. have to lead fellas yeah. you need to lead yeah i mean that's like all that my videos on instagram <laughs> get your ass out there why don't you have a six-pack dude you would be a millionaire by tuesday <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, try to stay away from stuff like this because people always misconstru—they uh, uh, misinterpret what you're saying. But women, no matter how uh, many uh, sandwiches they make, <laughs> <laughs> no matter how free they are or how independent they think they are, like, oh. I'm a lady. I have my own job. I have my own uh, money. I do what I want. When they're looking for a guy, it still falls under uh, what they were called gender norms. Yeah. Like yeah. I was, I was, um, I forget what we were doing, but it was me and Shauna. Um, Shauna was like, well, why didn't you? Um, oh, she has a grill. She has a gas grill that she's just left outside. It's just outside to the elements. And I'm like, this grill, I bought her a grill, a charcoal grill that she just left out in the elements. And yeah. now it looks like the fucking um, Abraham Lincoln statue downtown. It's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. all rusted and stuff. So <laughs> I, I bought a, um, a cover for it. And uh, I bought it like two weeks ago. She didn't put it on. So I grabbed it, put it on. And I went, now your grill is covered, so your two, three hundred dollars that you spent will be saved. And and she looked at me and she said, Well, you're the guy. You're supposed to do stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute now. Because if this is what we're going because if this is the road you want to go down, you better take them goddamn shoes off and get me a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think you know what I think it is. I think they want a feminist in the streets and a misogynist in the sheets. Yeah, dude, I, I think I, it's it's gonna be unpopular, but a lot of women want at least something. Women do not want to be respected. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Oh, sorry. You were going a different direction. My bad. <laughs> Harry did not say that. That was what we all thought. I mean, that's what. Okay. My bad. That's that's on me. Actually. And this is why we would never get that Coors Light sponsorship. <laughs> I don't know. They, they might see what happened to Bud Light. Because I. <laughs> we gotta lean in on this. Yeah, we, we gotta lean on this. Hey, is your lady not getting you a beer when you punch the wall? <laughs> Coors Light. I mean, think about it now. The guys that. 
you know, historically, look at like, like Bobby Brown, you know, these guys who are like historic, like women abusers. Yeah. They always have a woman and people, and people say, well, they target a certain lady. And my thing is, I, I don't think, I, I don't think that there's just victims standing there. I think they go out and make victims like, yeah. like, like with, um, like with a serial killer, there's not just a person that's just standing there like, I'm ready to get stabbed next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes and finds that person and makes them a victim. So I feel like... Well, if you're into serial killers, you can only do that once. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. You're like, why do you keep going back to him? Like, that doesn't... <laughs> yeah. That is a funny idea. Like, these serial... <laughs> these, these serial killer victims. I mean, did you did you see what they were wearing? <laughs> they had little drops of blood. They were acting all weak. <laughs> Acting all dead and shit <laughs> in the woods with no head. They I, were limping. Yeah. It's just, and I don't have a large sample size, but every woman I've attempted to date that I've gone with the whole, I'm going to 100% respect you and put you on a pedestal it it doesn't go that oh, far. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, go that yeah. far. And people can say people can say whatever they want. All right. But that's my experience. And uh and if you're one of these ladies who is independent and wanna pay your own bills and you don't need me to fucking kill your bugs, you should have <laughs> talked to me twelve years ago. I would have been the guy that would happily let you kill your own goddamn spiders. But that from my experience, that's how it is. And I, I only open doors for guys now. <laughs> I will put that out there. Like I open doors, I open doors for um, Sean and Faith and stuff. But I, oh I yeah, in the family. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'll do but it for my wife, I, I'm not. I'm not open a door for. Oh yeah, I, I sometimes I do for for women, but most of the time I'm like, I don't want you thinking I want to talk to you. Or oh, I'm trying yeah. to make a move because. I guarantee you nowadays when you're holding a door for the lady, she's thinking, is this the guy who's going to try to fucking put his thumb in my butt later? Yeah. And it's like, no, I yeah. my thumb's off a video game playing. I don't need doo-doo <laughs> on him. What the fuck you talking about? I, uh, uh, I need to close this door. All right. I'll be right back. I don't know if you pause it or keep, you know what? What is it, 2225? Yeah. Okay, I'll see how quickly I can get back. All right. What if I fell? By the way, welcome to Bro Dads. My name is Harry J. Raleigh. And the person who's supposed to be sitting over there, Phil B. Kobzinski. The B stands for big old balls and penis. Big old balls and penis. Big old balls and penis. Big old, big old, big old. Big old, big old balls and penis. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> What'd you talk about while I was gone? Nothing. Cool. Oh, They're just an empty space in the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> well. So was it a um, good weekend though? Yeah, Tuesday to Saturday of one-nighters. And one night I had two one-nighters in one night. Okay. 
How um <clears throat> how how long was the drive back home? Well, it was from Bre- Bremerton is where I ended. So oh, okay. that's about five hours. Oh, okay. Not yeah. too bad. That's good. Nope. I uh I made it back and uh I stayed there. I was gonna come back after the show. Yeah. You know, do one of those like two or three in the morning things, but I was so spent after yeah. just working my way up <clears throat> the coast. And uh dude, I'm so stupid <laughs> in Seattle. Like I'm such a slave to the GPS. Yeah. I was just like and so I would like because it would constantly try to reroute me around the sound. Huh. You know, like, because I was trying to, because I eventually wound up in Bellevue one night, and I needed to get to Bremerton, and I'm like, I want to take the ferry across that's less driving. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, <clears throat> but it would keep trying to reroute me, so I just, yeah. I put in the ferry terminal, but I don't know what I did. I just, it must have picked, put the wrong ferry terminal, so I showed up to a ferry terminal, and I'm like... And as I'm pulling up, I'm like, oh, shit, dude. This is totally wrong. Yeah. And it says Vashon Island. Oh. And I pull up. And I know Vashon Island is an island with no bridges to it. Yeah. And I pull up, and I'm like, can you get to Bremerton? (laughs) (laughs) To Vashon Island? The guy's like, no, dude. (laughs) He's like, this thing float. And it was funny. Like, it wasn't, you know, sometimes it can be really crowded. Yeah. It wasn't crowded at all. And so I was just like, God damn it. And I just pulled through and then flipped a bitch on the thing you're supposed to be lining up on. And then just, and then just went out of there. And like, I'm, I'm like, God damn it. It's the, the one I need to go to is like eight miles away. So I get to that one. And I, so I missed the ferry. Oh. But then it's like two, more than two hours. And it's right it's right at the wharf in Seattle area. Yeah. And they're like, Yeah, it's not till two fifty and it's twelve forty now or whatever. <sighs> and I'm looking at my rearview mirror and I'm like looking at all the shit to do to kill time and I'm like I don't want to. How many times can I watch a guy throw a fish? <laughs> you know, <laughs> first ten times you're like, these guys are pretty good, but dude, by that eleventh time you're like, these guys are screwing up good meat. <laughs> you're bruising the fish. These were red snappers. Now they're black and blue snappers. These are you. You're screwed. Some poor idiot in Connecticut's like, I got him fresh from Seattle, and you just beat the shit out of him, and just because you yell at it in your overalls. So I was like, ah, I don't want to do that. So I was like, they're like, well, Bainbridge leaves in a little bit, and I'm like, can I get to Bremerton from Bainbridge? And she's like. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Technically, so I, I took the ferry to Bainbridge, and then I have to go like up and around. It was like a fifty-minute drive. Oh my! Whereas <laughs> the Admiral Theater and the hotel were like five minutes from the ferry terminal. If I yeah. waited for this, so by the time I finally got there, that Bremerton ferry was probably leaving. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but dude, the park down there is like yeah. you know twenty bucks or whatever. So I was like, I mean. I would have just driven then. Around the sound. Yeah. And I was so tired of driving at that yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, I was just, and I was just like, <clears throat> I'll be real honest. It's two in the morning the night before, and I ate one of those giant cup of noodles. Oh. And I, I have, I've had hangovers that were way more mild than <laughs> the way I felt. My face was swollen. Why was that? The sodium? Yeah, and I drank the water. Oh, I drank, oh. The, I drank the delicious broth. You know what? I always pour the water out. 
Yeah, well, you know, you're a stronger man than I am, Harry. I, <laughs> I, I, dude, it, <laughs> I was like, I mean, because that's like, they're not delicious noodles. So it was like, I would eat the noodle and then like sip the broth okay. to make it flavorful. And yeah. then by the time I got to the end, a lot of that broth, there wasn't a lot of broth left. So I was like, just do it, dude. You're already here. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> it's like those people that make it the Golden Gate. Yeah. <laughs> well, you made it all the way here. Yeah, you're halfway. Th- this is a really long you, bridge. You sold your car to a <laughs> bum. <laughs> you can't go just, back now. Just jump, dude. <laughs> Cl- climb the fence. <laughs> They did a they did a study on that and they said like seventy percent of these people who survived didn't do it again. And I'm like, what a bunch of bitches, man. Wait, seventy percent of people who jumped off Golden Gate Bridge survived, didn't do it again? Yeah, they didn't commit they didn't try to commit suicide again. Well, then that's the way to go, man. I'm like, but that's something you should figure out on the ground. <laughs> you, you, I feel like you. I, I feel like you should be able to look at your life and be like, "All right, this is very temporary. All right, yes, I'm gonna be on the sex registry, <laughs> but no one, no one looks at that. You, you know, you don't, you don't just jump because you lost your job. Yeah. There's plenty of jobs out there. There's plenty of jobs. Just find one." Yeah, it seems like a really weird place to commit suicide. But I guess enough people have done it that they when I was there a couple of years ago, they had like I mean, you'd have to really yeah, monkey your way up there to, you know, you I mean, you'd have, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think anybody who's in good enough shape to climb up above that is suicidal. Yeah. If you're in that good of shape, then yeah. you are probably like Healthy, yeah. You, you're probably you, mentally healthy. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah you've worked to... towards a goal of acrobaticism. <laughs> <laughs> this is an unpopular opinion, but I think if you want to kill yourself, we should just let you do it. We should. Well, we you can take those fences down. You oh, take them down. Yeah, but it always causes such a fuss. Yeah, that's the only problem. It, it, that's the thing. You want to kill yourself. Do it in the woods. <laughs> Dig a hole, kill yourself, and then put like bear scent on your back. Oh yeah, yeah. So the that's bear. A good idea. I don't even know if you need you. the bear to to get there. I mean, you, other things will find oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah. You get eaten. Yeah, yeah kill yourself butt naked. Yep, so that makes yep, it less yep. work for the maybe scavengers. burn your clothes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then there's still gonna be like a gun. Hey. There's a bear in the woods with a gun yeah. now. <laughs> you thought they were dangerous before. <laughs> this motherfucker got a 45 coat. <laughs> That'd be funny if the bear winds up eating you and feels so bad. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel the depression. <laughs> uh, you are what you eat. Uh, <laughs> he turns it on himself. <laughs> My thing is, though, is that, you know, we. Maybe maybe I'm a libertarian, but then I listen to a libertarian. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I really, I really think it. You should not be forced to live your existence if that's not 
what you you want. Man, Doctor Kavorkian, wow! But, but you know, th- there's things like because we, you know, we have a, f- a friend who committed suicide, and I don't, I don't like the way he did it because that's a mess and that's trauma for everybody else. Because yeah. someone saw that. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Is like you, you know, it, like there's you just you know you go somewhere you jump off. It's kind of a bit of a ruckus that you've created. Yeah. Yeah, like that's a, you know you're you're bothering you're messing up other people's day like people who get hit on the subway lines. Oh yeah, you're, people trying to get to work. Yeah, and you're, yeah. You're out there trying to kill yourself, but you just ruin thousands of people's day. Man, there's a stop on the on that Oregon coast called the Devil's Toenail. It's a. Uh, Why do we do this? What? We name so many things Devil something. Well, it does look like a toenail with a big hole in it. But you look down into the hole and it's it's like a cove. Holy shit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and you can and it's funny cuz they just have like a shitty, not even like a real fence. It's just like pieces of wood kind of. Yeah. You know, and uh, I would love to fly my drone in it. <clears throat> oh man, well, I was there one time and they had a uh fire truck with the ladder extended and then a rope going like way 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 down. <clears throat> and it's windy as shit out there, you know. Yeah. So these guys are blowing. They're holding onto the rope. They're tied up. They're blown around like crazy. There's a, they got to have they got to have like guys on on different. You can't just have a guy on the bottom of the rope because yeah. it's so windy to control the wind. I guess they need to have like someone every Damn. twenty feet. So there's like three dudes on the rope, and then they're the lowest guy is like practicing harnessing a person, and then they pull. And the reason they train there is because people jump. And you can't, you think, they can't, and there's no way, like, you can't really get there by boat or anything else. Yeah. So, and it's violent waves. Yeah. So they got to go down and then strap the body up and then to get, because otherwise, it's a, it's like a place where people take pictures. Yeah. So and people, just bodies just. Oh, yeah. Up yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. And they're like, well, the surgery rescue will be here tomorrow <laughs> to dispose of it. <laughs> and a lot of times it's not people that are doing it on purpose. Like it's like selfie people who are like, I'm going to get There's a better so picture on the other side. Like that. Yeah. On the other side of the yeah. fence. I, yeah. I think if you, if you die like that, you just, there's no heaven or hell for you. That's just you're a ghost now. You're just gone. Yeah, that's just, yeah. Your entire soul is just deleted from existence. That that makes no sense. I, and man, yeah, selfie deaths. Yeah, how many? Like that's a new way to die. Yeah, and there's thousands of them a year. Oh yeah, yeah. a year thousands. Well, how many of those guys that are doing parkour, dude, that died? You know, I, what I mean? I've watched at least two hours of video. <laughs> about different individuals who have done that type of stuff and done a flip and whoop they fall and yeah one guy did it um this spring in um I want to say Dubai but I'm probably wrong it's yeah, probably so they China got high, they got high buildings up there yeah and he was he was doing parkour and uh he just lost his grip that's what they do. Yeah. That's how that that's how that happens. That seems so wild. It's like that. Uh, I mean, base jumping seems safer than the uh, parkour thing. Yeah. There's just sometimes they'll just hold like one hand and be like, "Look at me, I'm hanging." And there's a. <laughs> it's like yeah, but foot drop. What happens if there's just a sudden gust of wind or yeah. a fucking seagull lands on your head? Yeah. There's just so many. I, and it looks cool. 
when they don't die, but I I don't actually need to see that. That's Man, you know so it looks cooler. What those old timey uh, plane drivers that would go oh, and walk on yeah. the wings? That's now, way cooler. Yeah, that's way yeah. <laughs> Back when planes were just made out of wood and good oh, and yeah. luck, <laughs> they, would, <laughs> they would have a witch doctor come out and bless the fucking plane. <laughs> They will put a cat in the back seat just for good luck. You know, like, that's, yeah. That shit happens so fast, too. Yeah. It's so crazy to think how fast we went from, like, like running and being like, holy cow, he's yeah. off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is a big guide, Wilfred. Yeah. Uh, what are those guys' names were? We, <laughs> we, we advanced pretty fast because they flight 1902, I think. I might be wrong. It was that first decade. Yeah. yeah. But by the 40s, we just had hundreds of people in a plane. We had, yeah, jets. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, not that, like, World War One. maybe? We had those little, like... Yeah, the yeah, biplanes wooden, wooden, wooden planes, yeah, yeah, the biplanes were up there. I mean, that's 20... Like, less than 20 years, we're making biplanes yeah. with engines, making people... Oh, man, that's so cool. And, you, we, and, and the, the way we... And you could tell that it wasn't a... a that's... This is a very much a Republican type of response, but because it wasn't regulated, people just dove into it and oh, tried yeah. to, to carve out their niche. And so you had people who were like, oh, well, there are planes. Why don't we put guns on them? <laughs> but then they remembered, oh, when we shoot our guns from the front, we shoot all the propellers off and we crash. How would you like to be that first guy that figured yeah, it out? Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's something you should have figured out on the ground, but they didn't figure it out until they got up in the air. And then somebody said, oh, well, we'll just have it so that when you shoot, it, the propellers stop at the angle that oh, the bullets yeah. go yeah, through. And it's like, what? That's, that's, of co- that's something that you create when there's nobody telling you rules to shit. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, there were definitely a lot less rules. Those, those had to be some real wild people. I can't imagine being like, because you think about just like the farmer, like just like rural people back then. Yeah. Barely even got like the newspaper. Yeah. So they were just like every so many months coming to town and they're like, I want a brick of tobacco or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to sell my beaver pelts. <laughs> and he just puts a fucking bag of his wife's pubes on the counter. <laughs> Anyway. But can you imagine being one of those guys? All of a sudden, a plane goes over. You're like, yeah. Jesus Christ! What the hell is that? Is that an angel? <laughs> yeah. like some of those, dude, 1920s, like a lot of people. I mean, there are people in some podunk towns that barely even had seen cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They that had, had to be insane. <laughs> that you're be just crazy. You're on your front porch, and you just see dirt <laughs> flying in the distance. Like, what the fuck? And then you just and. You, a guy in a pair of ski goggles. Yeah, <laughs> and you just and you just go, Betty, get my shotgun. She's oh like, why? God. It's like I don't know There's... why. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just for protection right now because <laughs> shit is going on. This is the devil's horse. <laughs> Seeing as how everybody want to name everything. There's the a devil. demon. Yeah. <laughs> oh like God, we, it, it's crazy because back in those days we had electric cars, like. Because we didn't, because we didn't know what we were doing. Well, yeah, like I said, it's a free, it was a free for all. Yeah, everybody yeah. was just doing everything. They had uh, 
kerosene-powered cars, gasoline-powered cars. They had cars, um, I think it's called kinetic energy, where you, like, just tighten up, like, basically a rubber band. Yeah. I mean, they did did everything. (laughs) And now you see when there's a, well, I guess because there's really not a new industry being invented anymore. It's mostly just, like, sad things of a existing industry, like like Airbnb. Airbnb is just like, what if we just turn your house into a hotel? <laughs> it's like you didn't invent an industry. You just yeah. you just sad. I mean, I, you could say that drones are kind of in that space a little bit. There's a yeah. lot of crazy shit going on with drones. But they locked that shit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once they, yeah, once they well, yeah. once people started flying them near planes. And yeah, shit. which yeah. is you know. <laughs> That's when the common sense thing comes in. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people don't understand, like, uh, airstrikes. Like, birds can take down a, a plane, and and especially a jet oh, airliner yeah. that has um, really thin uh, propellers that spins the, the jets. One, you know, I mean, usually when it's a, a bird strike, it's not just one bird, though. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's usually, like... But Eight some of those Canadian geese. <laughs> <laughs> some of those like eight hundred dollar drones, though, like those are big, dude. Yeah, yeah, those are. Yeah. I mean, those those would cause some real damage. Like the one I have, it's a Mini Three. Uh, it's about about this big, not including the propellers, but it it can get up to like thirty miles per hour. Yeah, I mean, if something's going a hundred or two hundred miles an hour and it hits it, especially if it hits it. Uh, on a propeller or something, you can take down an airplane. Yeah. And during every every fire season, it happens. Someone takes their drone, they put it up in the air, but then what happens is the planes that come to uh, dump that stuff, sometimes it's just st- the stuff is not really water. Yeah. They, they can't fly in the air because the drone is there. Oh, my God. I never heard that. That's crazy. Yeah, it happened, man. It every I've read I've read an article every year for like ten years oh now. Oh my god! Yeah, it's and and that's why um uh there was a report. This might have been last year, but on um KHQ, the anchor was like the fire department would like to remind you to not fly your drone near forest fires. <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at Shauna like, no shit. People's houses are burning down, and now they got to wait for this fuck to get done taking photos. Well, dude, I could be, I would see myself being one of those idiots. Dude, I, I would be one of those people <laughs> if, I was if it wasn't as dangerous as it is, you know. Because we, we do have one, but it's like just a little toy one. It doesn't go yeah. that high. It only goes as high as the window to my neighbor's shower. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like legally they um like the ones that have like um like I have a DJI and they because they're a Chinese company they lock that shit down tight like I have to get um I have to um well now it's automated but they alert felt field cuz I live near felt oh, field no shit. yeah it won't let me fly near the hospital um downtown wow um and you're supposed to, the, the farthest you can go is 400 feet. The furthest I've ever taken a drone, 250 feet before I was like, 
that's fucking high. Who is going <laughs> who's going higher than this? That's high. You're way above people's yeah. houses and stuff. Can you see can you still see it at 250 feet? No, you can't see really? shit. Really? Wow. Yeah, and so how are you driving it? Are you driving it with like a screen on yeah, the with map? The, yeah, it's a um well I have a it comes with a controller with a screen on it and the camera um you see uh, it on the camera. Yeah. Do you ever drive I, I man, if I had a drone like that, I I mean, I would just drive it over people's house and play Obama in the in the Middle East. <laughs> I'd be like, mm, yeah, take that meth head ruining our neighborhood. Uh, take that guy who doesn't mow his lawn. The thing is, is that people think that you can't do that, but you could totally legally do that. You can legally fly your drone above their house oh, because nice. you don't own the airspace above your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, no, the uh that's what um uh like permitting agencies are doing. Yeah. They'll Google map they'll like they'll or, or Google Earth your house and be like, "Well, wait, did you have a permit for that shed?" Oh, shit. I, I've been reading more articles about that, too, where oh, bullshit, they've been taking drones. They took drones and flew over a lady's house, found out she had solar panels put up, and canceled her policy. Oh, my God, and that, dude, That's such an invasion of privacy. And another guy is in appeals court right now because uh, a, I forget what crime he committed. Dude, we're going to the newest camp flew, next summer. They flew over his house, and that's how they discovered the stuff that he was doing. And he's trying to um, he's trying to fight that in appeals court right now, yeah, which he's gonna he's those. probably gonna lose because uh, the FAA owns the space above your house. So I think it's up to fifteen feet. I think is your Do you house. You know the bare phone run? No. Oh, uh, down out is. there in uh, Deer Park, there's a nudist colony, and people what? run naked. Or you can run. You can run clothed if you want. Okay. It's only like two miles. You can walk it, but you can do it clothed. All right. But a lot of people do it topless. Yeah. Some a lot of people do it fully naked. Yeah. Because it's and so just you, hanging it's down. Two different shirts. You get the shirt if you ran it naked. Yeah, I ran the bare bones fun run naked. Wait, butt naked? I can't wear. You wear shoes. shoes. Oh, no, no. Okay. You can be fully clothed. You, you can know, do I it. Want full. That, I want the butt naked shirt though. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, you can. You you, you get the shirt as long as you're. Uh, I you know what? I don't know what the threshold is because it's like, yeah. If you're a guy yeah. wearing a banana hammock, but then <laughs> you shouldn't get it. But if you're a yeah. woman wearing a banana hammock, but your boobs are out, then yeah. you should get it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I and do. What I, if you're a guy and you're wearing pants, but your oh, twig and so bears funny. are just bouncing around? What, on the that outside. would be so funny. What's the minimum I have to do? I'll cut a, a circle. <laughs> So my butthole's showing, and then take my balls and dick out of the, zip, the front zipper. It's just, and then the winter coat. That sounds great. <laughs> Snow pants. Yeah. Just, just, you're just wearing chaps. They said it counts. Give me the nude shirt. Well, I used to say assless chaps forever. Yeah, yeah. And someone on Facebook was like, Chaps are assless already. <laughs> and I was like, dude, 
I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> be so funny to be like, sir, I am so sorry to offend you and your culture. <laughs> it might have been Josh Tiford who did that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so funny, dude. He, Man, I, I want to go to this. I don't even. I don't want to do it naked. I just want to go. I, I have a friend whose parents uh, were like, let's go do the Bear Buns Fun Run. And they're like, oh, we're going to bring our friend. It'll be wild to see these nudists. Yeah. And they show up, and the two women were like, pinning the little number to their chest or whatever and they look back and her husband fucking totally drops drowned gets buck naked in front of their friend and starts wow. come on ladies <laughs> damn <laughs> now your friends know everything about your husband oh now. yeah yeah 100 yeah, percent. Yeah. they know no it's like an organ strip club they... <laughs> <laughs> they know if he needs to go to the doctor or not man uh, i haven't been to a strip club where they just like showed you their insides since I was like sixteen. Yeah, man, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty wild. Everywhere, Oregon, there's a million strip clubs. There, I mean, literally every podunk town has one. Yeah, and I, I guess know, they man. would be They're... like. I guess they would kind of create their own niche, kind of like remember the porn magazines in our day, where they would be like jugs. And, oh yeah, and yeah. oh, this is for you want to see naked tattooed ladies, or oh, you wanted to look yeah. classy, or Oh, you don't want to see that naughty inside. You just want to see the female form. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, just hefty whites. For the term pog. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's a rabbit hole once you... Pog. Yeah, because I didn't know That's what so it funny meant. that you know what it is. I didn't know what it meant at first, but then when you <clears throat> you, you see the, the thumbnail, you're like, that is a very thick woman. I like <laughs> thick women. And then you finally get into it, you're like, oh, these are just big-ass white women. Yeah, because yeah. some of them went from just being thick to where you're like, she probably shouldn't be up there. She looks like if she falls, she, she's gonna hurt herself. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that 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 whole world—it's so funny because it's like Ruben. What you're looking for is like a normal-looking woman. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like uh, it's funny because then the, then there's a there's a turn somewhere. And I don't know what body part makes it a full turn. If it's, it's when the stomach is hitting the knee, when the butt has a shelf. I think that it's the butt. I think it's the butt and thigh thing, because most well most of the videos that I click don't because there's such a oh man I don't know if I should say this. Fuck it. Um, my category that I like is um big old dingalings. I like to see women getting destroyed. And but because that category you're up you're that's based oh, on yeah, whoever's yeah. interpretation of what big is. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you click on a video and you're like, that's not a big dick. That's a, <laughs> that, that's a garden variety dick. What man. what kind of Tomfoolery <laughs> is this website trying to tell me I am looking for long shaft, sir. I did not make a click over into giant cock. 
so that I could see some half-ass, seven-inch, regular ween. It's all about friction for me. I want the most amount of friction with the least amount of pumping. I think I told my buddies this, and they were like, "That's gay." Are you sure? Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I don't. It's not the penis that I'm looking at. It's the I'm looking at the guy it's going into. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it fascinates me that there's a woman that just basically getting shishkabobbed, and she's yeah. just and and she's gonna walk around later. You know, it's. I think this. I think this is how it. I think this is how it became into my mind. I remember we were living out on the plantation, and it was a summer day, and I'm just walking, and I just happened to be walking past my cousin's. Uh, her name is Valerie, uh, room, and she was talking to my other cousins about her new boyfriend who's since um, committed suicide. Well, they say it's suicide. But I think it was autoerotic asphyxiation because when they told me, I was like, well, how did it happen? They were like, yeah, he was found in his closet with a thing around his neck and no pants on. Oh. And I just kept my mouth I just kept my mouth shut. Yeah. I didn't say anything after that. A lot of people but, down south maybe don't know about that. Yeah, so I, I just kept my mouth, especially southern black people. <laughs> um, yeah, that's more of a crazy white person thing. <laughs> And uh, and she was and she was talking in graphic description like, yeah, he, he just got the biggest dick, and man, he he tried. Is to that what he it. hung himself with? <laughs> man, that'd be so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> he hung himself with his own dick, man. We need to make a statue of this guy with his dick around his neck. Fucking the the, the note is written on it. Yeah. <laughs> I could not live any longer <laughs> like this. Here, untie the knot. <laughs> I have $50,000 in a bank account for my mother. Here's the number, 81275. <laughs> but I think, that's, I think that's how it became like a thing in my mind. Wow, that's so funny. Because I was like, oh, women want big ass. Freak dicks. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think they do though. I think but maybe yeah, one, maybe they try it. When I became like, when much. I became an adult, you realize <clears throat> that the vast majority of women just want a penis that's functional. If I was a lady, I'd be into it, but not for sexual purposes. More for like just hilarious props. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, like because it would be funny to get like a bald wig. <laughs> You know what I mean? And then just have like a penis hawk. Just like, no, stand behind me. Behind the curtain. Behind the curtain. It, it won't work if you if, the, if anything's poking out from the curtain. And then it's just here and you look like some kind of alien. And it, like that would just be I mean I just God, this be, gotta be a clip. <laughs> I think that would be that would be it'd be fun to be a lady. Who wants to have hilarious photos with giant yeah, penises? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So that's that's fun, but you know, that's uh, after a while, guys. You know, guys are probably like, they don't love me for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably what happened to your cousin's friend. <laughs> <laughs> they just love me for my 
giant horse dong. <laughs> and I mean, I, man. No, it would be tough to. This is going to be racist. No, what be, I'm about it, to say. What? But it seems to me like in black culture, gigantic dicks are something that women are like, yes. But it seems like when you get to white culture, it's like, no. Until it's a, a white lady that's dating black dudes, and then she's like, I love them. Gigantic. And then you got, like, Mexican women who are like, uh, not, no, I just want one that works. You know, you know, they're not, they're not, like, wanting gigantic penises. They're just like, I just want one that's going to work when I want it to work. You know, yeah. it's it, it's it's it, it seems like there is a, but maybe that's maybe it's cultural and not just based on uh, races, but um, cultural. Oh yeah, yeah. That's because I've never heard I've never heard. Well, I haven't talked to many Chinese women because they always run across the street. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've never heard their opinion on penises. Yeah. So if you're an Asian lady, clutching out there, their purse, holding their tiny vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched much? Asian porn? Uh, no, not a fan okay. of the mouse ears to vagina. <laughs> That's insane. That's fucking. That is crazy. What I just said. We're not making that a clip. You got to be in the podcast. To hear that <laughs> you got to be a listener to hear that, dude. That's not. Do not make the mouse ear yeah. vagina Chinese mouse ear vagina a clip. But dude, my dad. I like guys that say vagina. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. That's kind of off topic, maybe, but I don't know when else I'm gonna say it. That's pretty fun. I thought you know it'd be cool if you were like a gynecologist. Like, hey, well, get up on here. Let me look at your vagina. Man, you should pull your pants up and leave. <laughs> He's gonna take one of those like rulers that they use in in gasoline tanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dipstick. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't even have a rag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're looking good. Your vagina's doing pretty good. <laughs> Such an amazing accent for a gynecologist. No peelups. Peelups. <laughs> <laughs> you want a perp smear? <laughs> Just fucking takes a spoon out of his peanut butter. Has a dog lick it a couple times. All right, you need to relax your vagina. Get us a perp fur. <laughs> wearing a jean jacket. It would be funny if he had like a like a round ruler. And it just, it was like the height of a wall, but then each one is the name of his patient. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brenda got a pretty deep vagina. <laughs> I, <laughs> How is that medically relevant? You're doing research. Send, a, send it out to the Journal of Medicine once a year. <laughs> Yeah, so what's the topic? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we should end with the topic. We're at yeah. an hour. This is pretty good. This is a fun one. Yeah. Um, 
a topic. I wanted to write a article about this on Substack, but it's about uh, comedic, what I call comedic purgatory, and that's and that's for because, and especially applies to like me and you, where you're a comedian and you have you have everything needed for that next step but because of all these forces yeah, or, it's where it's where most comedians spend most of their career really. yeah yeah and uh i just just wanted to get uh your opinions on uh well one do you think it's a a, a real phenomenon or is, or if it's just something that's that's built in some comedians' minds who just haven't gotten there yet. <clears throat> no, it's it's real. I mean, I mean, it's very real. Like once you be once you start working, you can kind of once you're a comedian that can get work and you build network, you can work as much as you want. Yeah. Now, is it, that work being profitable for many people? It's not. Yeah, I mean, real. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you can put. Sometimes you maybe put together a good week. A lot of times you don't, and then you think. I mean, I remember feature, and I was like, "Man, if I just headline, man, it'll be then it'll be like I'll be there." Yeah. And then you start headlining, you're like, "Okay, well, I'm getting my lodging paid for, and that's good." But it's like, Jesus Christ, dude! Unless I, unless I can just live on the road, yeah, and route my, I'm like, I don't know how I can make this financially viable. It's like, yeah. great, you make eight hundred or thousand bucks, but you, how do you get to Colorado Springs and back and keep some of that nut? You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe you're like, oh, it's only this much gas. It's like, okay, but eventually you're going to burn up a car a lot faster. Yep. You're going to burn up, you know, and, and yep. any, and, you know, travel and uh, any kind of ground transport. All that shit is, you know, adds up and adds up and adds up. I think that's why you see people, you know, I think the, the thing was you just, you used, people used to just hit the road. I mean, that's what I did. That's what you did. You just yeah. hit the road as soon as you got to a point where you had time. And I think a lot. And then the other thing was, we've talked about this before. Or you just you get some time and you go right to New York or LA and you try yeah. to build credits to make your road work more profitable because maybe you have more credits, you can maybe have a little more leverage to ask for more money. Yeah. But it's like the money has stayed the same yep. forever. <laughs> so it's like you can't do that, you know. So I think that uh, I've heard also uh, the term, cru- I think it was a Bill Bird t- says, he coined this uh, phrase, uh, crushing in obscurity. <clears throat> which That's a lot, pretty good. lot yeah, yeah a lot of comics they, they, they're there forever i mean the hard thing is it's like once you're at a point where you can get work and people recognize you can get work and you know you can kind of you know once you really start doing the, like i mean one-nighters kind of like the world i'm in it's yeah. like people it's funny because like producers are like it's not like like a comedy club you're like please book me please book me please and then you get it and they you get you get you they're kind of the lowest paying yeah, entity of comedy really. Comedy yeah. clubs are the lowest paying thing. I mean, fuck bar gigs per show. A lot of yeah. bar gigs will pay more than comedy clubs. Yeah, yeah. But so- do you think that's because? Do you think it's because bars paid this amount, so clubs go, well, we paid this amount because of these things? I, th- or- I think clubs are just paying the same as they've paid since okay. 1985, okay. and comics keep taking it. You okay. know, I think if you know, and but that's why I think a lot of people kind of give up on clubs because it's like. Whatever, yeah, bar, but you know, a modern bar usually has a three hundred dollar entertainment budget or three to five hundred dollar entertainment budget. Yeah, whether that's karaoke, a band, a, co- a comedy show, like whatever it is, you know, 
and they realize they can sell tickets and you know you can sell tickets to bands you can sell tickets to comics yeah it's pretty fucking hard to sell tickets to trivia night or karaoke you know so yeah man it's i mean i think you know the reality is you're in that purgatory until you can figure out a way to reach your audience you know and it's like everybody has a weird path and you know some people a lot of people will just kind of stay in that that area for a while and sometimes there and there can be different levels of that purgatory i mean some people can put together live in an area where maybe there's a lot of work in a close area i mean i've talked to a lot of those seattle comics that made very good money in the 90s and 20 weeks a year they were home man you know and and I got most of my good corporate work is in Western Washington. So yeah. they were also get they get the good corporate work. They're getting, you know, one nighters Wednesday to Saturday. Yeah. And so anywhere from two to five hundred dollars a night for that stuff. Yeah. And so you know, but I also think there's also people that eventually just go, Well, screw it. If I'm gonna be in if I'm gonna be an unknown comic, I'm gonna do it on my own terms. And they figure out ways to produce shows, you know. I mean I Yeah. Uh, my Friday night gig was uh, just miscommunication, uh, so I didn't have a gig on Friday night, which I thought oh. I did. It's okay, I'm over it. Um, but anyway, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, okay. I did. Actually, I was kind of glad because it was at Blaine, Washington, which is like north of Bellingham. Oh, it's okay. on the Canadian border. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> yeah, it would have been. I would have been. I was already so like just yeah wrecked from yeah. driving. And so I went to Port Angeles, which is still, it's on the Washington border, but it's on the border of the Sound. Okay. So you take okay. a ferry over to like, I think it's where we maybe caught our ferry oh. to Victoria, or it's like, it was like around there. Okay. So anyway, uh, anyway, I went up to Andrew Rivers. I did his show. I hit him up and I was like, hey man, if you have a spot and you know, whatever, I'll, I'll come up. And uh, so I ended up doing 15 minutes on that show. And, and also, I kind of wanted to check out the room because it's a room that I know that he produces in. Yeah. And I got there and I was like, I don't think I want to produce it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, <laughs> it's like a music venue, you know, so oh, it's kind of okay. rowdy in the back. It's like a yeah. it's like a nightclub. Oh, okay. You know, like dan- like the people, like young people dancing. Like he, he's, okay. but he sold, oh, dude, he sold eight. 80 tickets he sold man. he did two nights he sold 150 tickets and he gets 80 percent of that man that's i i did the um the draft zone for mary lou gamba gamba and uh they were saying the month previous andrew sold a bunch of tickets yeah like he, he yeah has he, he invests a lot in his ads yeah. i mean he's putting you know he's if it's a room like that you know where you sell 100 seats at 15 bucks you know he might spend six or seven hundred bucks on advertising yeah um and those dry bar specials are a good way to advertise and he invested some money into a special that he filmed and you know so you know there is it's a lot of like (laughs) willing yourself out of it i mean and there's a lot of people that they just they just have to go off either i'm gonna do this thing and put all myself into it and i think I do think, though, the current method of like just producing yourself into these shows. I mean, there's a lot of comics that are doing that now, and it, yeah, you know. But you, you know, and it feels great when it goes well. But it is a real bummer when you put all that work into it, and yeah, 
and then you make zero money, yeah. lose money, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's it's like anything else. I mean, it's it's weird, you know. It's like, you know, the old way of comedy is before my time, where I think you just you got good enough to move to L.A. or New York, and then you just yeah. you, somebody would cat, you know, you'd have a management or, or a agent kind of go, I'm gonna snag you from yeah. the rest of the pool of people. Do you think there's more people in <clears throat> this comedic purgatory or? Oh, I would say now, that's where then back in the well, age. yes, but just because of the amount of comics there are okay. now, there has to be. So this is interesting. So I was uh, telling you before that we recorded. Uh, uh, I ran into uh, with Dan Quinn yeah. Saturday, and he runs the biggest uh, Canadian tour. He lives yeah. in Vancouver, BC. He said so. He's been doing comedy for thirty years. Man. He said when he started, there would be like one or two comics a year that do the the big venue in Vancouver. It's like 1,500 people. Yeah. It was like Jerry Seinfeld. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. He said last year it was 40. Holy crap. 40 people went to that venue. 40 Man. comedians went to that venue. So, <clears throat> but you also think about, you know, like people, okay, so like people who most people think they're like, oh, they just got famous and did this, or they just, like, Kevin Hart like rents out arenas. Like yeah. he's the one producing the shit. He started a production company. So so the, at every level you have but but whereas you have like other comics who like Live Nation comes to them and is like we have 10 dates for you and we'll pay you a million dollars up front and then at the end we'll pay you 1.5 million and you're like Okay, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you're like I'll do whatever you say, Live Nation. <laughs> but uh, you know, what's that? What's a guy that he's like 52 and he just married a 22 year old, and all these people are freaking out about it. Dang, 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 Cook. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, going for them young virginians. <laughs> 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 Dane, yeah, dude, Dane Cook, uh, the guy who let everybody know. Women are not allowed to make their own goddamn decisions at 22. <laughs> you fucking stop making decisions for yourself, ladies. <laughs> you you do not get to think for yourself until you're 35. Well, and then Billy Ray Cyrus hooked up with a 32 year old, and people were like, "That's gross. That should be illegal." It's like, at what age do women get to make yeah. decisions? <laughs> Dude, that is. Man, that frustrates me so much. That's, like, that is a wild double standard. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> because Madonna was oh, dating yeah, a twenty-something-year-old, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tina Turner was dating a young person, and you these people never say that that's yeah. weird or gross or anything. So it, it you just you don't like the fact that there's a man out there who is he has a, a, a preference and that's what he's going for, and and you just don't like it. Oh, I used to I used to say these are the type of people who are jealous because they don't these people don't want their old ass. But, <laughs> but now I, I think it's I, I think it's it's kind of like when I used to run into this a lot when black women would say like, oh, black guys are dating all these white women, and and then then I'm like, well, wait. I tried to date you motherfuckers and you didn't you didn't want nothing to do with me. What what you want me to do? You just want me to wait until you made terrible decision after terrible decision and then you go, "All right, 
Now your dumb ass can come in. I've already had these gigantic dicks and, and drug dealers. Now you can come along with your fucking bird photography and video games and, and I'll date you. It's like, get the fuck out of here. I think that's what it is. Oh my it's, God. It's, it's these people are picking outside of the demographic. I don't yeah. get to choose it, so I don't like it. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, but Dane Cook also, like he took his MySpace fame and he could have been doing probably theaters, but he fucking yeah. he swung for the fences and rented out arenas yeah. himself, and just they just they just did it, you know. So yeah, it's a it's you know there's more opportunity. I think there's way more opportunities probably than there have ever been. Yeah, but, because uh, podcasts you can make <clears throat> yeah you can make a money and become a personality through podcast. I mean, or just doing weird shit on yeah. the internet. I mean, I mean, look how many yeah. of these comedian these guys that. You know, they were just doing a thing on TikTok or Facebook, and now they're touring the country. It's, yeah. They're making, like, three, four times more than I am. And, <laughs> Dude, it's know. wild. Yeah. Like, I, it's so many. Because I, I, when I told the club, I was like, hit me up if you guys need someone, like, support f- during the week for these weird acts that you're booking. Yeah. And it's funny because every, every once in a while, the, one of them is, is good. Yeah. And it's always someone who was doing comedy for like ten years, yeah. and then they found out a hook online, a sketch, a character, yeah. or whatever, and and that and then that brought people to their shows, you yeah. know. And but a lot of them, the live act does not translate from whatever they're doing online. Yeah. But it's crazy because it's like, yeah, here's your seventy five dollars for opening, and then like you're looking around, you're like, man, this motherfucker sold two hundred and twenty five tickets and yeah. twenty bucks a pop. That's four thousand dollars of revenue. Like, there's a very good chance they're walking out of here with a two thousand dollar check on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, I man, I don't know if I should say this because Shauna listens to the podcast, but we have these differences when it comes to. I thought you were gonna tell us like about some hidden jewels. <laughs> <laughs> we have this Nazi gold. <laughs> I wouldn't tell her about my Nazi gold. Fuck no. Um, but, you know, she is a was a business owner. She ran her own, you know, uh, nail shop forever. So to her, it's like, well, what you need to do is you set up shop, you start working, you start letting people know. Oh, yeah. And so when you tell, and, and so when you tell, so she'll come to me, like when I'm frustrated, she'll go, "Well, why don't you just put your? Why don't you just do this and put this?" Out? It's like, "Well, I'm, I'll be drowned in all the other people also pushing that out. So I gotta. So I can't just put like name and comedian and get any a, a, attraction to that. Right. And and she." gets frustrated because she thinks I'm just knocking down all her ideas. Mm. But what she doesn't understand is before I met her, I was doing comedy for almost a decade by then. And so I was already doing, I've done all these things. Yeah. I've I've put out uh, stuff on online, trying to, you know, like various things, things I've since deleted, you know, you know all this stuff, uh, stand-up clips, uh, sketches, uh, just talking head stuff, just tons of stuff I did to try to catch something. <clears throat> that idea of the followers, though, the number of followers, like that guy was telling you, Dan Quinn, that, uh, you know, he runs the, it's the largest 
touring group in Canada. Yeah. Snowed in. Yeah. And then his personal Instagram, and he's on every show. I don't think either of these things have more than 2,000 followers. But wow. they're literally selling 100,000 tickets over 70 dates. Yeah. Wait. Nah, that's probably not right. But they're selling over 50,000 tickets yeah. from that in that time. And it's that's a lot. That's a yeah. fucking – that's – you know, probably closing in on seven hundred thousand dollars of revenue. You know, yeah. so I do think there is an aspect of like that idea, of like you know, hitting up clubs, hitting up like there's a million different places you can. If you get decent footage, you, I mean, there is a thing like if I had to make my nut off stand up, I would be doing like a fifty city Pacific Northwest tour or something. You know, I'd just be okay. hitting up yeah. all these. You know, and I'd hit up all my bookers, but then I'd you know, but then I would like. Try to work out deals with venues. The hard thing is you can you can easily and I've done this before. You can easily start stepping on someone's toes that you don't know books that room yeah. or whatever. Which th that's something that uh, gets um, talked about every now and then, like on Facebook groups and stuff, where someone's yeah. like, "Oh, this this comedian came in and tried to steal my room," and it's like, "Well, when's the last time you booked something?" Here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> those know? guys are idiots. Yeah, I do always ask. So I'm like, "Do you have someone?" That, have you booked comedy here before? And have you who's it with? But if you're like, here's my footage and it's professional, and then here's my, you know, here's here's what I can bring. Like I want 100 percent of the door. I want 80 percent of the door. Or you guys need to put up these posts. I'll I'll give you the posters. I'll handle the ticketing. Yeah. You guys just need to have a door guy and what whatever. You know, it's amazing how many places are just looking for a way to do something, especially mm. especially like. You know, but you know, if you are a nobody, which uh, hi, uh, <laughs> it's you know, you find these hundred-person venues in these little towns that don't have a lot going on, and you just you know, it seems like that's that's a way you can make a living. But yeah. the problem is, a lot of people oversaturate too. They'll go back, yeah. every, you know, two two times a year. Yeah, and it's like it's probably too soon, especially if you're not writing yeah oh yeah no yeah, if yeah. You, that's what i mean yeah if you're not or maybe if you are writing you're probably writing too much too quick yeah. it's not gonna be as good as what you originally did and yeah. then, you know but they, but the, you know, the downside of that is then you're a lot you're you're gonna be doing you know you're gonna get <laughs> i don't know you're, like if you if you're working with bookers and you're doing established rooms personally i'm looking forward it's a nine out of ten of those. Yeah. If I'm trying to just do whatever, and I'm like, oh, I've been doing this winery, and I'm doing this brewery, and then uh, oh, I found this little theater, and I, that that number is gonna go down from nine for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's gonna be you're gonna be doing some real shithole yeah. places, and you may not find out till you get there, and you're gonna be dealing with. I mean, the, you know, the the world of venue owners. Is yeah, that a is. world of just broken toys, man. Yeah. It is people think comedians wild. are wild. <laughs> yes, the people yeah. who own these buildings and shit, man, it these is are insane. Crazy, dude. I remember doing this, like I was like, Yeah, we're gonna give you we'll give you a budget of four hundred dollars to do a show on this Wednesday. Like, okay. And they're like, Hey, do you want a poster? Hey, do you want and then they're like, Is this person alive? <laughs> you know, and then and you're like, I guess we're not doing this. And a week before, like, I, we're looking forward to seeing you. You're like, what the fuck? Do you just yeah. not? <laughs> They'll do it on the same thread where I'm like, hello? Yeah. You know, like, I remember one time I called it. I'm like, hey, is so and so there? Like, oh, it's two. 
I'm like, okay. Yeah, she's usually real drunk by two. Good gracious. Like, All right, cool. You know, it was afternoon, two in the afternoon. <laughs> All right, I'll call her at 10. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of drunks want to talk in the morning. It was crazy, dude. Yeah, and then, dude, when I was doing that kind of shit, and uh, I don't know, maybe I'll go back doing this someday, but uh, it was, uh, you might have done this dirty, it's in Kellogg, it's like Dirty Dan's or some shit. It overlooks the high school football. Oh man, this gig! I can't yeah, believe I you haven't done this gig. It's a, it's a bar, and it's like, like you smoke in it still. Holy crap! Like, and it's it's like a bar. It's a dive bar with a deck that overlooks the high school football field. So imagine wow. small town. What this place is like in the fall. Yeah. Uh, every fucking drunk dad. You look you got it. You got it. <laughs> they got porn in the bathrooms. What? Men in the female bathroom, chicks in the men's bathroom. Yeah. Oh, dude, the place is wild, what? dude. Holy f- Yeah, I've done this room like four times. Wow. Four times. Yeah, dude, I did it once for Dawn. I, did, I remember I discovered it for this other guy, and then I booked it myself. Anyway, it was a goddamn mess. And, hmm. uh, I, it, dude, it was... Such a shit show, and we. <laughs> I remember last time I did it, I uh, this guy was just staring, like it was just kind of that evil eyed, like head down, yeah, clockwork orange stare, just oh. looking at me, and I'm the whole show, and I'm like, God damn, man, like what does this mean? Yeah, and then he starts bubbling up a little bit, and then he stands up, and I'm like, Fuck, is he about to like come? fight me <laughs> you know because that's the kind of place it is like where guys would come up on stage yeah take like fucking try to take your vest or you know what i mean like, it's crazy <laughs> yeah. dude and anyway this dude stands up and i'm like kind of watching out of the corner of my eye like what the fuck's about to happen and then he fucking just falls like oh like shit. like not bracing himself <laughs> Holy. And he hit his head on the way down. Oh my god! Like blood and shit. Did you watch a man die? With any luck. <laughs> no, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he died because I came. <laughs> I, it was. Uh, <laughs> he, uh. <laughs> no, no, they just helped him up and out, and then I'm like, oh shit! All right, does anybody else want to kill themselves with the floor? <laughs> And I just like did ten more minutes. And I remember, I was like, "Let's get the fuck out of here, dude!" Man, no, oh, that place was wild, man. Dirty Diane's or some shit. Man, Dirty that, Dog Tavern. I don't know what it was. There it must was, be a reason why it's not doing comedy lately because I haven't heard of it. Oh yeah, no, this was year, years ago, man. Yeah. This was like, I ah, mean, this must have been five, six years ago when I was yeah. like hitting up every. I was hitting up. I mean, I would, I would send out like fifty. Email like fifty. Fa- I'd be like fifty Facebook messages, all this shit. Man. And you can put together runs. And then I noticed that like once I got a dry bar, it was like, wow, this is like I can't send out fifty because I might get a response from like twenty or thirty of them. Yeah. Whereas before, if I got one, I'm like, nice. Yeah, yeah. Sucker. Do you think it's because they're looking at the footage and they're like, oh, he's clean. He'll come in or no? They just probably they probably looked more professional than the oh, bullshit okay. I was filming. You know, okay. yeah. than I was submitting. Um. Yeah, because it's not like these are comedy bookers. Like you can kind of trick them. That's yeah. which is pretty much what I was doing. I mean, a lot of people yeah. do. Um, it feels like a lot of people make their living uh, tricking 
these <laughs> bars and stuff. Yeah, but a lot of those people eventually become a professional in the sense that they they have to get good. A lot yeah. of them don't though. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's there's a lot of them that don't, but they flame out, you know, yeah. or do something else. Uh, but it's hard. It's hard to put together, you know, a fifty date. To, you're gonna be you're gonna be yeah. with someone you really get along with. Yep. And you know, it's not like dirty. Sh- shithole diane <laughs> you know whatever the place is yeah is supplying you with lodging yeah yeah so this place had been doing comedy well i mean i remember talking to the old guys like dawn and uh in the club in spokane in about i was like you ever worked this place he goes yeah we used to take a camper out there we do a show get shit faced and sleep in the camper Shit. you know i'm like all right dude this like i'm like i'm trying to put together a life <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> so yeah it's it's hard to do that shit and you gotta you know once you find a good room i see why people kind of oversaturate them yeah but in my opinion i'm like if i find a good room i would just book my friends and then book myself yeah you know every every once every year and a half or whatever um i you know there's a lot more in western washington though yeah yeah I, you know i go back and forth with uh with comedy and where i'm at in it because sometimes i sometimes you know when i'm sitting there and i'm feeling a little down i'm like man this is you're you're failing well you are a walk you're walking failure right now but then you know i i try to look at a brighter side and say to myself you know like you're trying to accomplish a goal and the goal that there's a current pushing back on you so you you got to keep pressing forward and as long as you're pressing forward you you shouldn't be ashamed of it but i mean you know sometimes i i will be sitting on instagram and you'll see some guy that you you know and they've been doing it for like four or five years and you're like Holy fuck, man! They're, they're doing all this and this, and you're you're not doing any of that. And I think that's when it really well, that, gets to me. You know that Instagram, it's tough. I mean, yeah, it's not like you get numbers that means you're gonna get gigs. Yeah, I mean, you can't. It will with some, maybe some things. I, I but I don't. But I don't. I've seen some people who just waste their um, that fo- you know because if you got those followers. You can exploit them, yeah. But, but you got to jump on it, I think, yeah. because you want the, you wanted to put on a good show, and then hopefully they come back. Yeah, you know. But uh, if that's the all you have, though, if all you have is like Instagram followers or whatever, or like that, that, it's like you want you you hope that opens other doors. Yeah, because it's like I don't think that that alone is enough. It you would do you know being you know maybe you know doing something with like. Doing something in the industry, I think, helps. And if it's not the industry, maybe you're, or maybe you're, maybe building a small following opens the doors to like bigger, you know, content creators. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I'm actually trying to be chill right now. The worst thing that could happen is for me to blow up because I, I'm, uh, I got so much going on in Spokane. <laughs> Wouldn't want to ruin that. Wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got, a, I got, a, I got a lot of wheelings and dealings uh, that I'm involved with. So. Yeah, but you already, you've already said that you wouldn't want to blow up like that. 
Yeah, not right now. I mean, uh, you know, um, I, I mean, it, it would, it would actually. I think it would kind of suck right now if all of a sudden it was like, oh, here, here, you, you blew up. You have one hundred fifty thousand followers, and uh, the, now there's opening doors to go to a hundred cities or whatever. Yeah. Or like, you know, a realistic thing could be, uh, I got asked to do a spot on that Snowed In tour. Yeah. If that door opens. I'm like, well, I can't jump on a 70. Now, now grant, it's not going to, it wouldn't open this year. And I don't think it would, yeah, I, I don't think it would open up for me. But yeah. that's a great example because that's something that would be in, in my wheelhouse of shit that I would be a part of. Uh, but I'd be like, I can't, dude, I can't. It's like, why well, don't pursue, like, I've, I've not, I've turned down like cruise ship shit. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't go away for a fucking two weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just went Tuesday to, Saturday and it was seemed like a huge ordeal. Um and uh yeah, so it's not like so yeah, it's like doing weekends twice a month is good and it feel like it creep, keeps me sharp and it makes me want to keep riding. Okay. Uh but I got two more years wait. Sophomore, junior, senior. Fuck. Two and a half more years yeah. of a kid at home and it just feels like I got to be present for that because it's uh it's you know it's the, the the what i would get out of even if i got on a big tour i'm like monetarily what it would have to do is no is not <laughs> realistic yeah. dude like if I, I mean yeah i was like like the re, the re, realistically if i was gonna be like all right i'm gonna do a 50 city tour at the end of that tour I would probably be talking to myself a lot. <laughs> All my clothes would be very wrinkly. <laughs> I'd have one of those problems where you shit your pants. <laughs> you forgot how to hold your sphinct your sphincter muscle. My a hip would be blown from all the time in the car. Yeah. Uh, my balls would be fucking done, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it'd be the kind of. <laughs> Any kind of thing where you could like smell them through your shirt. <laughs> Don't tuck your shirt in. You might pass out from the ball stench. It'd be like that. And I'd be like, well, at least I came home with with this $897. <laughs> Just, it was so sad. I got home and I got <laughs> this old theater gave me uh, this like gift thing. And it was like two T-shirts, a shot glass, a wine glass, and a pint glass. Okay. And the pint glass is real. Oh, and a little uh, one of those little whistles that use like. Yeah. And but it's a mustache. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, it's, the T-shirt was too big. <laughs> and then the other T-shirt was like hot pink, and, and it was way too big. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, I asked, I asked for an XL, which they shirts are big, and then they gave me a double XL, and it's hot pink, and I'm like, I am not gonna go looking like a big bubble gum. <laughs> so I'm like, I, we immediately like donation pile, and then, uh, but it was a nice pint glass though. But I'm just like, hey guys, you want my crap? Who wants my crap that I brought back? And nobody even, people are like, no. Like, Should have just thrown this out the window. At least I got to watch the glass explode. 
Anyway, thanks for having me, Sawdust Theater. <laughs> I get, Coke, Coke Hill. It's funny. I have no fucking idea how to say this. I kept saying Coke Will. Yeah. And it's, that's wrong. And what? It's, and so that, and Is there a Q in it? Yeah, it's C-O-I-Q-U-I-L-L-E. Uh, get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, So I'm like, they're like, it's Coke Hill. And I'm like, Coke Hill? They're like, no, Coke Hill. And I'm like, you're saying Coke Hill. Good gracious. <laughs> That's like Spokane people who get mad at people for saying Spokane. Yeah, it's like, man, on, man, I'm pronouncing it how I see it. Yeah, dude. Uh, well, um, Spokane, Spokane, cause uh, uh, Spokane, Spokane. Yeah, well, it's because uh, the Native American influence is silent. <laughs> <laughs> That is fucking brilliant. <laughs> we were trying to come up with uh, names of uh, of, of uh, espresso stands. Yeah, because you know it was getting chaotic in the car with these people that I didn't know that well. Yeah, and so I'm like, guys, let's all think of espresso stand names that are word plays. <laughs> I mean, his human being, <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. So uh, nobody could think of one. And I, I had one, but I didn't know how to say it because we were on a reservation. And I was like, what about the uh, Squim Tribal Stolen Grounds? <laughs> and it was so funny because they were like, that's really good. <laughs> like nobody laughed, but they're like, that's nice. <laughs> All right, man. We're at 132. Yeah. I think this, is, this is a fire. This is a banger. This is a hell of a podcast, man. You got anything coming up? Uh yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> He's so funny. Yep. <laughs> yep. I plan to uh hang out with my main vagina. <laughs> God damn, dude. That's so fun. Uh <laughs> No, I'm in, uh, yeah, dude, yeah, big Northwest, big Northwest comic. <laughs> Moses Lake, Issaquah, oh. Cedro Wooly. What the hell? Yeah, dude. And uh, and then I'm also going to be in uh, Pasco with that grizzly cave, sad okay. hotel bar. You know which one I'm talking about? No. Do you have not done this? Mm-hmm. You've done oh, this. oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Grizzly, what you're about. Yeah. the Grizzly Adams, uh, kill yeah. yourself in the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the last time I was there was very sad. Oh, dude, you know, well, you know what makes that sad what? is uh, the hotel uh, works with a lot of. Uh, it's ma- it, you're mainly performing for railroad workers that are out of town. Oh. The, they have, <laughs> they they're away from their families. They don't know. They they some of them know comedies there at this point. Yeah, because I think it's weekly. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. I think it's, so. Yeah, so the. So you're mainly performing for out of town railroad workers, oh. and uh, and here's the funny thing, the uh, the the railroad has had a deal with that hotel forever, but they're like, we will buy these hotel rooms as long as you close your bar by ten. Wow, <laughs> isn't that great? Holy shit! So anyway, you're performing for all these guys that are like, we got to drink enough before this stupid bar closes. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's yeah. it's uh it's okay. I've done it a couple times. 
I uh, I'm on my way to my big Issaquah gig, so <laughs> uh, so I'll just be doing that. Okay. Yeah. What about um, you? Um, got the special that's out. Return of the uh, Pepper Snake. Yeah, it's um, thank you for watching. For those who watch it, it's at almost three hundred right now. So, I I didn't think it was gonna get over a hundred. Uh, um, so thanks. Uh, I'm. I'm going to be in Mission Ridge Friday. Oh, that's a good gig. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah, and that's that's all I have for a long time, I think. Are you, wait, are you doing it November? Doing or? it um this Friday. Oh, so there's no snow there yet. Yeah. Yeah, because when I did it, you had the snowmobile up. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I actually took the lift up and skied down. Damn. All right. Fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Man, like a like a damn um like a bond. Yeah, like a bond damn, movie. that's what yeah. <laughs> yeah, sick, dude. Yeah, I was like, thank you, good night. Put on my ski boots and skied back down to the lodge. <laughs> it was fun. It's a fun gig. You'll like it. Yeah. It's uh people I wonder how people are getting there at this time of year, but yeah, like snowshoers were coming in and oh, okay. people were skiing into the it's a it's like a it's like a little snack shop that's halfway up the mountain. So oh, okay, it's like okay. a kind of place you stop and get like a little lunch, something while you're skiing. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. yeah, it's, re- it, that is a fun, that's a cool yeah. gig. I like, I like yeah, me and Jay um, are doing that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And well, I got something else the next week, but we'll probably be doing another podcast. We don't need to hear yeah, about yeah. this shit. Yeah. I'll figure out my dates before then. Yeah. I'm so blow this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks for um, listening and watching the clips and everything. Uh, you guys have been uh, checking out the the YouTube stuff, so thank you. And uh, until next week, uh, thank you, you big bitches. Later. I'm thinking about calling my fans the Fildos. <laughs> <laughs>